Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Nora's Table Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Um, yeah, Savannah, I, you and I were just talking about the smell that's going on in this office right now. It smells really good, like some... Got like a sweetness to it, like a yeah. popcorn, or well, I guess popcorn would be salty, yeah. but no, like kettle corn. Yeah, it's got right? like a sweet, like there's either a bakery nearby or some kind of bread or something. It smells so good. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Oh man. So, are you starting to feel a little hungry? It's almost like lunchtime. It's getting to that time of day. Yeah, I am getting a little hungry. We had uh, cinnamon rolls this morning for breakfast. Mm. Um, Bobby's off, so I tend to do. Um, actually eat breakfast when he's home because we do it as a family, but I don't normally eat breakfast. Like I'll put Jameson up in his chair and give him breakfast and then I'll feed Barrett baby cereal. Mm -hmm. But typically I just sit and have my coffee at the table and while the boys are eating, I don't usually eat breakfast. Oh, why don't you eat breakfast? Um, I don't know. Just like, I don't know. Lack of time. Cause I, Bear is very impatient about eating you better have the next spoonful ready before he's even swallowed the last bit of mouthful so if i'm not like on it he starts to get mad so it's hard like especially at dinner if i'm cutting up a steak or something mm-hmm. if i'm not immediately shoveling food in this kid's mouth he's like Mar! you know so <laughs> it's hard for me to eat and then also feed him because he's he's not a patient kid when it comes to his food yeah i think he gets that from me do you think it's important for your children to have breakfast? Yeah, always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why isn't it important for you to have breakfast? Uh, snap. I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> I love my coffee. I feel like at least there's something in my stomach. Like mm-hmm. at least I have something. It's mostly coffee. I drink my coffee with Nora. I drink drink my coffee at the table every morning yeah. with my kids and with Nora. Yeah. So. So if, if listeners, if you haven't heard the previous podcasts that we've recorded, I, the reason this podcast is called Nora's Table is I gifted my mom's table to Savannah and I told her when I gave it to her, my mom used to love to wake up in the morning and have her cup of coffee at this table. And so now Savannah's continuing this tradition and she's having coffee with my mom, which I'm sure my mom loves it and appreciates it. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to feel like I have um, a, a grandma presence around my mm. kids, you know? So mm. if she's got any connection to this table, she probably gets a, gets a kick out of our, yeah. our family meals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just drink a – well, I shouldn't even say I'm a coffee drinker. I'm a creamer drinker. Mm. How do you like it? Mm-hmm. I, I like my coffee – Um, and I, I enjoy coffee too. So there's, I don't think that there's anything wrong with coffee. I enjoy my coffee and I have cashew milk and I'm very particular about my milk that I put in there. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, the ingredients are just cashews and water. And then I'll also throw in some collagen powder. So it's cashews and water and they call it cashew milk. Yes. It sounds like cashew tea. Yeah. Right. Misnamer. Yeah. 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 Somebody's messing up on, <laughs> on the marketing. Hey, but it's great. Like the consistency, like if you saw it in a glass, you'd think, oh yeah, that's milk. Have you, you ever would. watched The Ranch? No. With Ashton Kutcher? No. Okay. So there's a part in there <laughs> where he's drinking uh, almond milk and his dad, who is Sam Elliott, 
Um, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's he plays a rancher. Mm-hmm. And so Ashton Kutcher's character says, I'm I'm uh, drinking almond milk. And he's like, show me the tits on an almond. <laughs> so I always think of that when I think of milk that's yes. not that's non-dairy. I'm like, who's milking the oats? Or, you know, <laughs> who's milking the cashews? Yeah. So um, now that you are expecting, are you still drinking coffee? Yes. Listeners, I am pregnant. So um, I, I think I mentioned it in a previous episode, but I didn't say... <laughs> Openly. I, yeah, I'm pregnant. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then after we recorded, Savannah's like, uh, when you said that, it sounded like you said that you were pregnant. And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe I should specify that. But anyways, um, what was your question? <laughs> Are you still drinking coffee? I am. I limit the amount of coffee that I do have. So I make sure that it's one cup and it's not, you know, a ginormous cup. It's it's literally a small serving of coffee. And for myself personally, I've stopped drinking coffee in the past. I'll, I'll go a few weeks without drinking coffee. And what I miss is the routine. I miss mm. waking up. I miss smelling that cup of coffee. I miss having something hot and warm to drink in the morning. And it's just like, this routine that I enjoy. So I do, I do love that. And I'm sure other people can relate to that as well. And it's also really nice to sit down with a friend and go to like a coffee shop and, and have that moment and that routine that you do with that person. So I do, I do still enjoy my cup of coffee, but we kind of wanted to talk about this episode in, in regards to just overall mental health and, and what you're consuming and putting inside of your body and how it could potentially be affecting your mental health and your hormones, which they're, they're all connected. If, if there's a hormone imbalance, it can, it can absolutely affect your mental health. And if you're experiencing symptoms of anxiety or depression and anything that we talk about today, I want to preface it by saying we are not medical doctors. So please do your own research. This is just tips and suggestions. But if there's something that we say and you're like, oh, I'm interested about that, go ahead and do some research on it. Go talk to a medical professional. I, I really like to encourage people if you have the opportunity, either if you have the finances to or if your insurance will cover it, to also speak with a nutritionist. I think that that's really important. I can share a personal story about a nutritionist that I spoke to. Um, when I had my first child, who is now three years old, I was breastfeeding him, nursing him, and I was kind of stuck at a certain weight. And I'm not, because of a past eating disorder, I'm not super strict with my weight, but it was concerning in the sense of I I was eating well, so I thought, <laughs> I'll get into that. I was eating well and exercising and thinking to myself, why am I not seeing any physical changes in my body? And there was also a lot of personal stress that I was going through with my mom being terminally ill. And so I think a lot of that had to do with an influx of the hormone cortisol. Mm-hmm. Which is your stress was, hormone for anybody correct. listening. That's the, that's the stress yes. hormone. I was, I was very stressed out. I was just constantly taking care of my mom. But I went ahead and, and I met with my medical provider and we did blood work and and she didn't notice any significant issues. She's like, 
you look healthy, you look fine. Um, and then I said to myself, well, I'm just going to go ahead and meet with a nutritionist as well. And so the nutritionist had me write out what I was eating in the day. And yes, I was making quote unquote healthy choices, healthy decisions. I was, I was eating enough protein. Um, no, take it back. I was eating protein. I was eating good amount of vegetables, but she broke it down and she, she looked at it and she said, you're not eating enough calories throughout the day. And I was almost shocked to hear that, that I wasn't losing weight because I'm not consuming enough calories. And it's just really interesting when you sit back and you think about, okay, my mental health and eating well and making sure I am eating enough to, to achieve goals that you want to achieve in your life. And not necessarily about losing weight, but about having enough energy to interact with your kids or to go to work and get your job done or do your goals at the gym and, and so on and so forth. But as soon as I was able to, to work on stress management and then started to eat more frequently, I did start to see positive changes in myself. So we can get into... I don't know if you can relate to any of that at all. Yeah, but I want to make sure that I heard you right. So you weren't losing weight despite not eating enough calories. Correct. Okay. Is that because your body was maybe holding on to what you were eating because it didn't know when the next meal was coming? So it was just kind of like almost like going into like hibernation or something. Right. Yeah. It was, it was probably speaking to the nutritionist about it. It was probably a combination of things. It was probably that cortisol that I had from all the stress dealing with my mother who's terminally ill. And if you've ever been a caretaker for somebody that's terminally ill, it's, it's very draining in every sense of the word. So there was that factor. And then I was also breastfeeding and nursing. So my body was thinking all of these calories that I was consuming had to go to my child. And then my body also thought I have to hold on to these calories so that I always have enough nutrition for my child Yeah, that I was nursing. So um, eating more frequently definitely plays a role in and just overall how you feel too. So let's talk about how, what was your mental health like? I mean, you said you were ta- you were taking care of your mom then. Mm-hmm. So already your mental health has, you know, one strike against it, having, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stress. But once you started eating more frequently and obtaining the calories that you needed to keep up with breastfeeding and things like that, how did that change your mental health? So I think... That's so tricky because it, it really took, I was, I was still super stressed out until my mom has just recently passed away this last September, um, September of 2022. So when she passed away, um, there was a sense of relief and not relief that she's gone, but relief of, I don't have to worry about her anymore. She's not suffering anymore. I, I, she's at peace. Mm -hmm. And so that's when my healing shifted and, and took a really big turn. And so, um, and I've, I've been continuously going to therapy through all of this, but I, I really feel that that was a situational experience. Mm -hmm. So once I was able to 
to start this healing process and really address, okay, let me make sure. Cause I would cook all of my mom's meals for her. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you're saying like you feed your children, but you forget to eat yourself. And so I would cook all my mom's meals for her, but then I wasn't necessarily taking care of myself. So now this shift has happened where I can start to, to spend more time on taking care of myself, which I think is so important for us so that we can take care of other people around us. So I notice for myself, if I do not eat consistently, I, I have spikes of anxiety and it's probably my blood sugar going down too low and your body instinctively goes into fight or flight mode because it's thinking, okay, I'm, I don't have enough nutrients. I don't have enough energy. I don't know what's going to happen next. And it can cause symptoms of anxiety. And so I think it's very important for for us to to be eating regularly. Mm-hmm. And hormones are so tricky too. Uh, those of you who have listened from the beginning, you guys know that I struggle with PCOS. It's why I had a hard time conceiving both of my kids. Um, so if you're also a PCOS or listen up, this, this episode's going <laughs> to hopefully give you some tips and uh, maybe make you feel better about maybe why the weight's not coming off, what you could be doing better, things that may be negatively in, um, affecting, um, your hormones that maybe you didn't realize. So Lauren was actually the first person I'd heard say this, but she said the stomach is the second brain, which we had talked about when we went out to dinner with Casey that one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said it to me a couple of times since, because I am a pretty big coffee creamer drinker. <laughs> and we were just talking before we started, um, recording about what coffee creamer, has in it coffee creamer actually contains cortisol or it triggers the cortisol in your body it can and and this is why i believe it can and um it's because of the the amount of sugar that is put into specifically coffee creamer and combined that with the caffeine of coffee can can spike your cortisol Oh, yes. Yeah. So caffeine is where the cortisol comes, not the coffee creamer. Yes. So it's the caffeine itself. Right. So, and caffeine's in a lot of stuff. It is. Um, and, and I want to also say that food in general, I don't want to label anything bad or good. Food just exists. Mm-hmm. It's just there. And it's just about you as an individual being mindful of, okay, what am I putting into my body? How is it making me feel? What are the goals that maybe I want to achieve for myself? Like, do I want to address my hormones and and start to balance them? And maybe that's something where you start off going to the doctor, having a hormone panel taken where you can see maybe what hormones are not balanced and then how to start to address that with your diet. And so... And I don't think that, I also think that if you have a hormone imbalance and you take medications, there's nothing wrong with that. But you can also try these things with your diet and just kind of play around with it and see how you feel to see if it does create a positive effect for yourself. Okay. So aside from those of us that love coffee creamer, um, probably too much, what other maybe guilty pleasures aren't doing us any favors? There's caffeine and chocolate. Chocolate's a big one, especially because that's what people crave when they're like PMSing and stuff. You want mm-hmm. chocolate. And then here it's it's not doing your body any favors. It's certainly not helping your hormones. I don't think 
that chocolate itself has a significant amount of caffeine to where it's going to really affect you negatively. I think it all depends on specific ingredients because chocolate itself does have antioxidant benefits Mm -hmm. that can help you just like um, berries like blueberries have antioxidants. I think it just depends on the specific ingredients, like what quality, what kind of chocolate are you consuming? There's a brand that I personally really like. It's called HU. And I think the creators labeled it HU, their products, um, because they say trying to eat close to human as possible. And I think that they follow like a paleo type of mentality. But there's chocolate that they, that these creators make from this brand. And the only ingredients are chocolate and dates so they sweeten Mm. the chocolate with dates and it's a more natural way of of curbing that craving and you don't have a lot of additives into your chocolate and dates are very very sweet they're very sweet fruit but they don't spike your insulin as much as white refined sugar does I actually heard that sugar has the same effect on the brain as like hard drugs cocaine is that correct i've heard that too i've heard that too and every it's just time as I addictive have, yeah every time i have sugar i'm like oh this is why my brain doesn't want to get rid of it mm-hmm. so then i almost feel like i'm just as bad as like i struggle with just as much of an addiction as somebody who does coke and can't get rid of it because when my kids go down that's the very first thing i want is sugar mm-hmm. so if my brain's not able to really tell the difference between me having sugar and me having cocaine, then that's not good. I think it's also really important to be mindful when you're eating. So what is it that you're craving and what is it that you're looking for? And where is your mental state at that you're craving these specific things? So again, there's there's nothing inherently wrong with sugar it just exists it's just there if you're wanting to cut back on sugar intake I like the type of mentality of adding something to your lifestyle versus taking away because if you're taking away things then it feels like oh man it's just like one other thing that I have to give up Mm -hmm. and it's something that I love and I enjoy so for example if you love your cup of coffee in the morning with your creamer, but you tend to skip breakfast, what about adding some sort of protein supplement to your coffee so that you are getting additional calories and some protein that helps you feel full mm-hmm. into into that routine? Yeah, make it more sustainable. I think that's why a lot of diets don't last is because you have to give up a lot rather than making it um, a change of lifestyle and a more mm-hmm. sustainable way of Cutting out, um, you know, things that are really heavily sugared or a lot of um, fat or carbs or whatever, rather than changing it into a way that's like, I can have the fat, but it needs to be healthy fat mm-hmm. and making it more sustainable. It's it's um, more bite-sized yes. doses yes. rather than <laughs> cutting it out cold turkey. Yes. What other things can be negatively impacting our anxiety or ways that we amplify our anxiety without realizing? Well, before I get to that, I want to address you eating sugar at night. So going back to that, 
you put your kids to bed and you immediately start craving sugar, just kind of checking in and being aware, okay, why am I craving sugar right now? Did I have a stressful day? Is it something that I'm looking forward to having for myself? Is it something that I see as a reward for the day? Is it something that helps me relax in a way where it's like, okay, the kids are asleep. This is time for myself that I can, I can give back to myself. And then if it's maybe you identify, so I don't want to tell anybody what to do or, or what is healthy and what's not. But if you identify as, okay, this is getting to a point where I want to kind of bring it back and not have as much sugar then it could be something like incorporating, again, adding something to, to this routine of, okay, maybe I enjoy lots of chocolate at night when the kids are asleep. Um, so instead of eating this amount of chocolate, maybe I'll throw in some fruit and some berries and something that I enjoy that also has that sugar, but naturally from fruit and fruit also has vitamins in it along with some chocolate and that way it's just kind of curbing it and changing it just a little bit and it's not taking away from that routine that you have for yourself and it's not taking away something that you enjoy but just adding something different. So it's kind of funny that you said um, adding in fruit and stuff because as I'm listening to you I'm trying to also internally dissect or get to the root of why like as I'm listening to you, I'm trying to also figure out why it is that I crave the sugar. And I'm thinking it might be a convenience thing mm-hmm. because it's easy for me to reach in the cupboard and grab a handful of cookies than it is for me to actually make something. So if so say I'm having a craving for brownies or something, if this magical plate with a cut up apple and some peanut butter presented itself and I didn't have to go in the kitchen to actually do this thing at the end of the night when I'm exhausted, I would probably be satisfied with the apple mm. if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not late at night that I'm having such a bad sugar craving that I'm like making brownies or like trying to bake a cake. <laughs> so it's not that strong, but it's, it's think I think it's a convenience thing. Because it's a lot quicker and easier for me to just grab something that's not healthy than for me to have to, you know, spend the 10 seconds it takes to cut up an apple. Yeah, it's, it's so, <laughs> so true. I, I'm just exhausted. I don't want to have to find something healthy. Mm-hmm. And sugary, crappy junk is a lot more accessible. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I, I understand that. Absolutely. So I I think that also for you specifically, because you've said this a few times, you've made a statement, I can go all day without eating, but as soon as I put the kids down, I need my sugar. I need something sugary and sweet. Because I feel guilty eating three meals a day. I'm already a curvier girl because of having two babies pretty close in age and me Mm -hmm. not really getting down to um, a healthy weight in between pregnancies. So now I'm at the heaviest I've ever been. I don't love it. I wish I was a lot thinner and but after I eat a meal, I feel guilty because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm just putting more fat and more carbs and more sugar in my body when I should be fasting to try to get rid of the weight. So if I have three meals a day, I feel like crap at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I just have this thought like, 
I didn't, all I did was chase the kids around. I didn't work out. I didn't get on the bike. And then here I've been eating all day, (laughs) you know? So mentally I feel better if I don't eat all day. Yeah. And the reason I laughed is because if anybody has a toddler, chasing your toddler is like running a million marathons. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, they're nonstop. Um, so it might be something similar to like what I experienced too of your body goes into this fasting state when you're not um, incorporating enough frequent meals or eating regularly throughout the day that your body starts to to hold on to weight because it thinks, okay, I don't know when I'm going to get my next meal and I need to, to hold on to this as a uh, resource. So you know what I just thought? Now that I just said that out loud, I'm reflecting on our eating disorder episode. Mm-hmm. One of the ones that we talked about was not eating because of the fear that you have of eating. Like mm-hmm. the fear of the um, the consequence of eating yeah. or the, the fear of like gaining weight or I'm trying to think like mm-hmm. – the natural consequence of eating, gaining weight or intaking calories or whatever, that's where I have the most guilt. Mm-hmm. So that's where I like try to fast. Yeah. And I, you're not the only person that thinks this way. There's so is that an eating disorder? There's lots of people. I think it, I, I'm not going to diagnose you. Yeah. I would course, have yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> um, you would have to meet with um, a therapist I am a therapist, but I am not Savannah's therapist. Yeah. I, you would have to meet with somebody and and they would bring out their diagnostic manual that I've mentioned before, the tool that we use for diagnosing, and they would go through that list. But I could probably say that you have an unhealthy relationship with food or Definitely. unhealthy thinking with food. Mm-hmm. And so these are tips and suggestions that we're giving because – I can relate to what Savannah is saying. I'm pretty sure there's other people out there. And people that identify as men also struggle with these thoughts. Mm -hmm. And sometimes their thought is the same, that they need to restrict food, that they need to become thinner. And sometimes it's the opposite, where they feel that they need to, to put on more weight and more muscle because that's what's seen as manly, air quote manly. And they become almost obsessed with certain body parts and it can create almost a body dysmorphia where you, you don't see what other people see. Um, you have like an altered negative view about yourself. So again, going back to eating and eating regularly, this is not only important for, for your physical body, but also for your mental health. If you're restricting food intake, restricting calories, your anxiety is going to spike. Your level of depression is going to spike because your body is telling you, your brain and your body are fighting against each other. It's telling you, I'm hungry. I need more calories. I need to eat so that I can function and do these things. And then you don't have physically enough energy to do the things that you want to do because you're starving all the time. Yeah. In the last episode we talked about, um, a, was it halt? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So hunger, yeah. The acronym, acronym, holy moly, acronym halt, uh, hunger, anger, loneliness, tired. Yes. So I kind of use this when I 
was a new mom with Jameson when he was little, when he would start to get fussy or cry and we were just kind of looking at each other like we don't know what to do with this baby, mm-hmm. we started developing like a checklist. Mm-hmm. So diaper, is yes. he hungry? Is he tired? Does he just want to be held? There's like boxes that you check when you go to assess what a baby who can't communicate with you needs. Mm-hmm. So it's only the same. It's the same thing with us. Like if we... Um, start to experience anxiety or we're getting irritable or whatever, start going through that checklist. Are you hungry? Do you need a nap? Mm -hmm. Do you just need some connection with somebody? Do you need to call a friend, call your mom, hug your husband, whatever? Are you craving just a connection and feeling lonely? Is that where it's kind of presenting itself is through anxiety because you're feeling a disconnect? Um, Yeah. Are you angry about something? Are you internalizing something and maybe just deflecting in a different area? Um, so I like that halt. I think that's a good good um, reminder to check in with yourself when you're feeling anxious or depressed or whatever. There's probably other areas that you need to be focusing on that will alleviate your secondary symptom. Yes, yes. I, um, I shared this story with you before, but I had a client that would come in and she would we would process and talk about her anxiety. And that was a big focus of our sessions, anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. And she would come in with this huge, probably 40 ounce cup of iced coffee every single session. Which sounds delicious. I'm sure it was amazing. <laughs> I am sure it was amazing. And she would drink at least half of it, if not finish it during our 50 minute session. And I pointed out to her one time, how, ma- how much coffee do you drink in a day? She probably drank two of those in a day. And um, we talked about, you know, what about decreasing the caffeine intake and seeing how that feels for your anxiety? And these are just small things that you could be doing at home. And again, it's not about cutting out things entirely. I think if, if we change our mindset and we change it to adding things to our lifestyle and also maybe different types of goals for ourselves can start to change and alter how we have relationships with food and we can start to see food as as fuel for our bodies and and love that process for ourselves of okay let me fuel this body that I have and look at all of the amazing things it's done so for you you've birthed two beautiful amazing children and your body does so many things throughout the day you, your house is immaculate. Your house is beautifully, beautiful and clean. And well, thank you. That's going to make me cry. I work yeah. really hard on my house. <laughs> and so, you know, why not give back to yourself and reward yourself with, you know, fueling it how it's supposed to be. Your children look at you and they think that you're their hero. They love you so much. And so, you know, starting to change those things about ourselves and how we see these things can change those relationships with our diet throughout the day. And so some other things that we can add is, is exercise. So if you can set certain goals for yourself of maybe um, certain amount of steps every day, or if you like to go to the gym, what kind of goals can you set for yourself in the gym? Or if there's a exercise class that you want to take, setting that goal for yourself, I want to take this class one time a week or X amount of times a week. So setting those goals for yourself and then tuning your diet so that they it can help you achieve those goals I think is helpful because you're adding something to your life. And then 
exercise is, is known to help mental health. So and it's so annoying too, because people, when you tell somebody like, oh, I've just been really going through it, man, I feel really depressed. And the first mm-hmm. thing they say is what's your diet like? And are you exercising? You're just sitting there yep. rolling your eyes. Like this is the last thing I want to be doing. I want to be crying and watching Hallmark. I don't want to be on a treadmill, mm-hmm. but it really does help. And I just want to mention what we've been doing. Um, our little group chat with the four of us friends, we all have Apple watches and we can share our data with each other. So yes. in the middle of the day, I'll look on there and I'll kind of assess where I'm at compared to my peers. And um, we're all moms, so and we all have toddlers, so we're all chasing after kids all day. So if I'm at maybe 20% and you and Jen and Casey are in the 60s or something, I know I need to be stepping my game up. And then I'm like, all right, we're going for a walk because mm-hmm. I'm not about to lose this. I'm like oddly competitive about it. Yeah. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. I'll get on there, and if I'm ahead of everybody that day because maybe we went to the mall and walked around or something – I've done this a couple of times. Bobby will be sitting on the couch and I get on there and I'm like, oh, I won. Suck it, bitches. And he's like, you got to calm down. Like, this is not this is not a race. And I'm like, oh, but I won. Like, I very rarely win. Like, somebody always beats me to 100. But then I'm like, yes. And I'm like, oddly competitive about it. And it's kind of fun. It keeps me motivated to continue to want to exercise or get on the bike or whatever and I get little notifications when you finished a workout or um Casey really likes skating so she finishes a workout I'll get a little ding about it and then it makes me really proud of you guys too but then it also reminds me hey we need to be doing something we need to get a little more active Mm -hmm. today so that's kind of cool it's like a healthy healthy competitive slash motivator yeah and we all like message each other when we complete a workout and say hey good job and And something you pointed out too, there's four of us in this group and we all exercise differently. Mm -hmm. So either you're walking or you're biking, there's somebody else in the group that enjoys skating outside. For myself, I like to weight train in the gym. So we're all doing different things for our bodies. And so that's also something important to identify within yourself. Um, what is something that I enjoy doing and I love doing and I want to continue to do? I actually really like the idea of weight training specifically for women because especially you and I growing up in the 90s, early 2000s, we're, we're almost grew up with this idea of we don't want to take up too much space. We have to be small and tiny. And I feel that society is starting to shift for women and weight training is so empowering. We can lift something super heavy and we can take up this space and we can look super badass doing it. And that's really cool to see. And then it's, it's so important for women too, for their hormones in balancing their hormones, because a lot of times women think, Oh, I just need to be doing tons and tons of cardio. And that makes you feel really hungry. It's not toning your muscles and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with cardio. But it's good for your heart health. But it's also important to incorporate some sort of body weight training or weight training in there. And, you know, these are things, again, that you can be adding to your lifestyle that doesn't feel like, oh, my gosh, I have to take away things that I enjoy doing. And I remember my late teens, early 20s. The guy that I was dating at the time liked to weight train and he would always be trying to give me tips like, oh, maybe you should do like more squats or do kettlebells or, you know, deadlifts or whatever. And I was so afraid of gaining a um, masculine body 
because they always say like your boobs are the first thing to go. Mm. And so I was afraid of losing that. Now I wish they would go like, pack your bags <laughs> and get out. But at the time when they were not used for babies, um, I was afraid of losing my feminine physique and yeah. gaining just muscle and just being, you see these like roided out competitors mm-hmm. where if you were to swap out you know, her face with a man's face, it would be the same body. And I was so afraid of getting there. And I don't know why, because I was not anywhere close. I was not doing roids. I was not even competing. Mm -hmm. I was just like working at the pharmacy. Yeah. (laughs) So worried that I was just going to be this roided out, like Dwayne Johnson body type overnight. And I would just avoid like heavy weights and stuff. And now I should have just done it. I should have done it. You can still do it. Yeah, we have yeah. kettlebells at home, and we have the bike, and um, now I can't really recover like I used to. Back right. then, I could work out pretty heavily and feel great the next day. It's not like that now. If we mm-hmm. do kettlebells or squats or whatever, the next day, I'm feeling it. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy how fast that hits. Yeah. Even us bowling, we get sore. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. But the more often you're doing it, the stronger your body becomes. So, mm-hmm. yes, you do feel it if you're not consistently doing it, but once you build that consistency, you can just keep adding more to it. And then you don't feel like you need as much recovery time Mm -hmm. as well. And then something else that, that can be easy to add into, to lifestyles is, is, um, thinking about adding vegetables with every meal Mm -hmm. can be a nice way to add in health that maybe you feel like you're lacking if you're wanting to add in these things so making a smoothie and throwing in some vegetables in there and then something that a friend of mine told me that I really resonated with and then I'll share it here something that a friend shared with me is he went to he's a single guy and he went to his doctor and he was like, you know what? I really only like two types of vegetables. And his doctor said, if you just eat those two types of vegetables every day, you're still getting your vegetable intake. And it really resonated with me because I always thought, oh, I have to make this like extravagant meal. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to do that. I can pick one vegetable to incorporate into all of my meals for a few days and then change it up after three or four days and pick a different vegetable to incorporate. And then I don't have to put in so much mental energy into it Mm -hmm. because I think as mothers, we also need really easy, quick meal options for Mm -hmm. not only ourselves, but for our children. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I'm the same way where I feel like maybe it's because the way that I was raised, my mom always made dinner Mm -hmm. and it always seemed like she put so much work into it. So maybe that's why I think this way, but I have a hard time coming up with meals, meal ideas. And I always think, you know, you have to have a meat. You have to have like some sort of like chicken. I make a lot of chicken, chicken, and then some sort of side like mac and cheese or mashed potatoes. And then you have to have a vegetable. And it doesn't, I'm slowly learning that it doesn't have to be that way where Mm -hmm. I'm like, we don't have any sides (laughs) and it's, it's fine. I love the steamer bags. So I'll just load up my freezer with steamer bags of broccoli or mixed veggies or whatever and it's so easy while I'm making Jay's plate with you know cutting up the chicken or whatever to just throw a steamer bag in the microwave and it's quick yes. and then you just open it and it's good to go my guilty pleasure though and I hope this doesn't gross you out I love <laughs> eating 
steamed broccoli with you ready for it <laughs> the suspense is killing me mayonnaise uh no i don't think it's bobby gross. gets so grossed out he's like one you're killing the nutrition of the nutrition like you might as well just eat mayonnaise <laughs> because there's no point in eating broccoli and it's supposed to be healthy and then you're coating it in mayonnaise uh-huh but I put like a little dollop of mayonnaise on my plate and I dip my broccoli in it. Oh, and you it dip is it. Oh. Chef's kiss. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, I almost see it the same as cooking up some broccoli and putting butter in it. Or cheese. Right. Like it's got just a little bit more flavor and I'll mm. eat it without it. <sighs> I don't like to. But I also want to set a good example for my kids that like I don't want them just dumping mayonnaise on stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not very healthy either. Mm-hmm. But, oh, it's so good. It's so good. You got to try it. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll try it. Okay. I will. That might be therapy homework for today. <laughs> for listeners, you've got to buy steamed, bro- uh. steamed broccoli and then dip it in mayonnaise. And then <laughs> let me know what you think. <laughs> it's, you'll never eat broccoli the same way again, I'm telling you. Mm, how about we make the therapy homework for listeners – why don't you try to add in one healthy habit for the week? I was going to mention this earlier, too. I feel less urges to eat crap if I exercise. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because I actually exercised and, like, the hormones maybe make me less hungry for crap or less craving for crap. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to ruin a good workout with junk. Yes. You know? I don't mm-hmm. want to bust my butt for 30 minutes on the bike and like you know sweat or miss out on time with my kids or my husband put the time into working out and just to ruin it yeah and then it's like I might as well have not done anything Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. I didn't do myself any favors Mm -hmm. so as annoying as it is if you're like me and you don't feel like you want to (laughs) exercise uh it really does help it does I don't like to admit that For your mental health? It does. Yes. For my mental health, for my appetite, for, like, my diet, lifestyle. And it doesn't always happen. I'm not somebody who gets upset if I don't get a workout in that day. It is nice to have it. But if I'm not feeling it, if I'm too dang tired, I'm going to bed. I'm not going to worry about the bike. I did the best that I could that day. That's important, too, to to be very aware of your body, your mental health, and Everything is all about a balance. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of key for this episode too is everything's balance. So balancing, exercising, and knowing when not to exercise because that's important too. Balancing your diet. So still your life, you should be enjoying meals and Mm -hmm. food and your life should be enjoyable. And if you're miserable eating things that that you don't enjoy eating – that's that's not beneficial for your mental health either. So finding that balance for yourself of knowing, okay, when I can indulge and when um, I should be focusing more on the nutrition of what I'm eating and, and just balancing that within yourself is very key. Mm-hmm. I also think um, a big factor in my anxiety is when Bobby works a lot. When I'm having to solo parent and I'm lacking that connection in the house, I'm not having much adult interaction or 
if my friends are busy and I'm not hearing a lot like on the group chat, if I feel very isolated, that also will spark the anxiety. Having a, a lack of connection, mm-hmm. I think, does a lot for me. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I don't – I guess now that I've realized that that's a thing for me, I've paid more attention to it. But if I'm feeling anxious or you know anxiety in my body – it's hard for me to get to that as the the reason why. Mm-hmm. First, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling anxious. And then I'm like, why? Am I stressed? Have I eaten? Am I tired? Usually, have I hugged my husband? Am I feeling a craving for connection yeah. is the last one. I think it's not usually one that we think of like right off the bat. But I do think it's really important. It is. We as humans crave connection. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And knowing what kind of connection. So if you're with your children all day long, that's one thing versus being with a friend who's another adult that you can have adult conversation with or with your partner. If maybe they've been working a lot and you feel like you haven't had that connection with that person for a while. So it's very important to be mindful, aware of what you need so that you can communicate it to other people around you. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, therapy homework. Add one healthy habit into your daily, weekly. You decide what you want it to be. If it's, if it's I want to try this one workout class and I'm going to go to it on Friday at the end of the week, you know, that's one healthy thing that you've done for yourself. Maybe it could be daily if you want it to be, if you feel like that goal is attainable for yourself, but just one healthy habit and see, try it for a while, try Mm -hmm. for a few weeks and see how it feels. Yeah. Try going to bed an hour earlier to help combat some of the the tired and fatigue or cutting back on coffee creamer, cutting back on caffeine, trying to cut back with a sweet tooth, adding more vegetables in your meals. Uh, Even if you get a smoothie, like go through a drive-thru, get a smoothie, but then add something else, um, avocado or carrot or something. So it still tastes sweet. You're not chugging down like a carrot smoothie, <laughs> but still got those healthy benefits. Um, we just want to give a quick shout out to Ignis Umbra Studio where we are recording. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Nora's Table Podcast, Facebook, Nora's Table Podcast, YouTube, Nora's Table Podcast. We're very original. You will know exactly what you're looking at when you find it. <laughs> Uh, my stomach is growling as yours. I, all this talk about food. We got to go eat. (laughs) Yep. Got to feed, feed Lauren's baby and feed me. (laughs) All right. We will catch you guys next time.